Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, whenever it is on this amazing day. I hope you are having a great day. I certainly am. This is Robert Bolden, Life Transformed, and this is Coffee in Christ, my weekly share of the daily process that has literally transformed my life over the past several years. It is totally spontaneous. It is based on whatever God is giving me today, and I will just share it with you, and that is my heart to share that with you. This world is jacked up. It's a dark place. Satan rules this world. Uh, So no matter the circumstance that I'm going through in the moment, I know that God is with me. The Holy Spirit is guiding me. Jesus is right there to teach me. So it's an amazing time to live, space to live right now in this moment. So let's see what God has in store. The verse of the day. Imitate God, therefore... I'm recording live from City Bakery today on Charlotte Street in Asheville, FYI. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. The interesting thing about this verse is imitate God. You know, we are taught in this culture to not imitate anybody else, to just be you, be genuine you, express you. Here we're saying... <laughs> Ephesians 5 1 is saying, imitate God in everything you do. So, imitate God in everything you do. And why? Because you are his dear children. So, that's it. I remember when I was a kid growing up, I would imitate my father because I was his son. So, I just naturally did that. So, this, this uh, verse is speaking to me that it's okay. To imitate our heavenly father and in order to imitate our father we have to spend time with him i've got to spend time with him i've got to know him i've got to develop a relationship with him right and for me that is all encompassing of what we're doing right here today it's all about being in the word and and doing that every single day to develop that relationship with him in every way so I can imitate him the best that I can. That's all it is, is do the best you should do the best you can, not for people's approval, but God knows you're doing the best you can in whatever circumstance you're facing right now in life. Just beautiful. We've got our cappuccino going here today that's tasting really good. So if you hear me sipping something, that is why. All right, let's jump into a plan here. I'm doing one with a buddy of mine, Jose, on forgiveness. So let's see what that one is all about today. No one has ever said forgiveness was easy. God is challenging us every day. He gave us the ability to forgive others. At the same time, it is one of the hardest things he asks us to do. You can learn to forgive. God has given us the ability and tools to do so and showed us how we could overcome obstacles. He gave us the best example, his only begotten son. God forgave us because he loves us. He is merciful. 
Dear Father, I thank you for your mercy, although we are undeserving of your forgiveness. And that's true, you think about it. I, I am unworthy, undeserving. There's nothing I did to deserve God's forgiveness. And it was all out of mercy that he forgave me. Because I dishonored him a lot in my life. Still do today with some of my emotional expressions, some of my judgments. I can go on. Anyway, you get the drift. So yes, I'm undeserving. But you forgive us because you are the almighty God who loves us immeasurably. You seek the ones who are hurt and lost. Yes, I think I can relate to that. Can you relate to that? Have there been times in your life where you've been hurt and lost? I have. You forgive the ones who repent. Definitely. That's been a new revelation for me, the whole power of repentance. No power of intentionally saying it for me out loud to God. I repent of this behavior. Please, God, forgive me. And there's something powerful about that. Dear God, I put all my faith in you and come before you with open arms to pray. And here's the prayer. Give me the strength to forgive others as you do. Give me the strength to fight all evil that will try to prevent me from doing so. Give me the strength to overcome my weakness and be the bigger person. Oh my gosh, does that ever speak to me? And you all know, I mean, that can be trying for me. I just made this declaration, I think this morning is basically that same thing. Give me the strength to overcome my weakness and be the bigger person. I have a weakness to want to express my thoughts and my opinion in it. I can trace it all the way back to my corporate life. And uh, I'm, I'm getting better, but I'm not a finished product. So this is a great prayer for me. Over, overcome my weakness and be the bigger person. You know, when you think about weakness, when I think about weakness, it almost always points right back to pride, ego, all of those things. I try to be accepted by by people versus versus living in the spirit and knowing that that I'm a child of God, and nothing preempts that. Dear God, please guide me through the storms that will affect my journey to fight ego and resentfulness. Look at that. Just what I talked about. That was the next line in this devotion. Please guide me to the storms that will affect my journey to fight ego and resentfulness. So perfect. That is what we are called to do. Ego and resentment have no place in Christ. None. Ego and resentment. Anything that I do out of ego or resentment has no place. And I need to eradicate it. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, 
stop sinning. He just says stop. He's talking to the church in Corinth. He's just saying stop. Just stop it. That's all. Just stop it. Stop sinning. So really it is. That's what I'm speaking into myself. So anything to do with ego or resentfulness, I just need to stop it. I carry no resentment right now in my life for anybody or any situation. Um, My ego right now in this moment, I mean, it has been for, I think, a long time been fully surrendered to God. My prayer every morning is search my heart if there's anything I'm holding on to, God. And I is ego. Search my heart if there's anything I'm holding on to. May the things that I hold on to be all things of the teachings of your son, Jesus, and the truths that you've proclaimed over the centuries. God, you've never changed, you never will. You are the constant that I can count on. So in those things, I will fight. In those things, I will stand firm. But I will never fight or stand firm in things that I believe. I always am open to you, Lord, directing me, guiding me, teaching me. Sure, I have beliefs. But I strive to have those beliefs be rooted in your word each and every time. Ah, so beautiful. And then this ends in Jesus' name, amen, the end of that prayer. And the last comment is, is, as you forgive, you will be forgiven. Boy, that's, that is, that is something. So it is a reciprocal thing, but but I have to start. As I forgive, I will be forgiven. Again, this isn't for the acceptance of other people. I feel it in my heart when I've forgiven. And I really, I, there isn't a person or a situation, including myself, that I haven't forgiven at a deep level, at a heart level. I do forgive. Uh, So, that's beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Okay, I'm going to save a couple of these verses here. If you follow me on Instagram, I think it's bbolden18. You can see the verses that I follow that I note down and I'm doing another got enough time here to dip into another one of the devotions I'm doing it's called in the word and it's a guide to reading the whole Bible from front to back which I started to do before I started this plan so there are some starts and stops here where the plan gets ahead of me and I'm going to see where it is now Oh, good. We're on the same track. So, right now I am in Zephaniah. Just started Zephaniah. I'm so excited because I'm getting close to the end of the 
Old Testament. And for de- for today, for the podcast, I think I'll just read it. Let's see what it's wanting me to read. Zephaniah 1, which I could do. Let's see here. How long is that? Hmm. Or I could read John's introduction. It's John Maxwell. I always read from the John Maxwell Bible. Maybe I'll just go to John's intro for today. And then I know I wanted to finish up uh, today. I just occurred to me with the rest of the Habakkuk story that I was sharing in the last podcast. So maybe I'll circle back around to that on Monday. So tune in for Monday and we can have the the rest of last Thursday's podcast. So let's, let's look at the introduction to Zephaniah. Zephaniah, contemporary of Judah's king, Hosea, represents the type of leader that every organization needs. Hosea was the godly king who, as a 20-year-old monarch, began to initiate much-needed national reforms. He restored the worship practices of old, ordered the book of the law to be read out loud, and required everyone to bow down and repent for their sin and spiritual drifting. So his heart was in the right place, it sounds like. Merely external reforms, however, remain incomplete. Ah, good insight there. You can you can say all the right things. You can you can ask and dictate in some senses people to do the right things. Let's see what John has to say. You cannot perfume a skunk and expect to transform it. <laughs> Many in Josiah's day performed the repentance rituals but continued in their secret sins. Yeah, that's hypocritical. Ah, this is good. Many never acknowledged their private sinfulness, nor did they un- inwardly repent of their personal wickedness so important you know that's what it is any repenting it's not for others it's for yourself and God that's where you need to repent and God knows if you are or not that's why he despises that's why Jesus despised hypocrites Zephaniah decided that repentance needed to go deeper than outward behavior all right I like me some Zephaniah so far he intuitively, okay, here we go, the outward behavior. You might say that he practiced the law of intuition. He intuitively knew that real change requires more than what the leader can legislate. Yes, just what I talked about. He sought more than external reformation. He wanted internal transformation. Boom, shakalaka. That's what it's all about. You need internal transformation. That's what life transformed. Our community is all about. My life was transformed from the inside. It's always an inside job. It's never an outside job. He knew that mere respect for the king could not produce the needed metamorphosis. People didn't need to turn over a new leaf. They needed a new life. So the prophet took a risk and acted. He began to call the Hebrews to look at their hearts, their motives, their desires, their private lives. He meddled, but touched the core. He spoke to issues that needed to be addressed, issues that most leaders fear to bring up. Okay, I'm excited about Zephaniah, aren't you? This is the intro to the book of Zephaniah. 
Oh, I'm excited. The people of Judah respected the prophet Zephaniah. Many scholars believe that royal blood coursed through his veins, giving him direct access to the king. As such, he could have enjoyed his favorite position and let well enough alone, but he refused to sit still. This is the kind of man I like. He wouldn't allow his power and position to water down his convictions. You know that's how I feel right now. In the corporate world, I did sit still and I didn't speak out. But now I'm out of that and I speak out. And I often think it would be really cool to go back into the corporate setting and be able to be a Zephaniah, if you will. All right. Instead, he leveraged his influence with King Josiah to create needed civil and religious reforms. He called a spade a spade. Early in Josiah's reign, Zephaniah began challenging the wicked patterns initiated under the kings Manasseh and Ammon. He warned the people of impending judgment and likely played an influential role in Josiah's determination to initiate national change. Nevertheless, even though the king joined Zephaniah in the reform movement, the evil tide rolled in. What is the evil tide? Satan! The evil one is always trying to infiltrate the minds of those in Christ. He's always trying to distract the world. I call them the sleepers, people that are sleeping along in life. All right. This led the prophet to predict that God would use an outsider, namely Nebuchadnezzar, as the rod of his discipline. Despite this, the book ends on a note of hope as Zephaniah points to a time when all people will call on the name of the Lord. All right, so that's kind of John's intro and a little insight into the way the book is going to end. We're not going to dive into chapter one today just because of a lack of time, but it's only three chapters, this book. So by next week, I would have read it and if there is something, I'm sure there will be something impactful. We'll just see what the Holy Spirit has for us next week. And as I said, uh, join me Monday for Finding Purpose podcast. And I'm going to go back to what I was talking about last Thursday. And I believe it was Habakkuk. Let me see here if I made a note even in my Bible. I wrote a note somewhere. Anyway, I will gather that. And next week, next Monday, you can tune in there. And then join me again next Friday for another version of Coffee and Christ, where we will see what God has in store for us at that point in time. Just making a note here, so I'm a little distracted. All right. So thank you so much. This has been Robert Bolden, Life Transform, coming to you from City Bakery on Charlotte Street in Asheville, North Carolina. Wherever you are, I hope you have a super fantastic rest of your morning, afternoon, or evening. And again, join me. Continue to join me like the podcast, love the podcast, share the podcast with your friends, with your family. This is meant to be a transformative experience. And I believe 
that people are put in other people's lives for a reason. You're listening to this for a reason. Don't know what it is, but search in and determine that for yourself. All right. See you soon. Bye.